In your Bibles tonight, the book of Esther. The book of Esther. Go to Psalms and turn back a few pages and you'll find it right before the book of Job. And uh, the book of Esther. It's a story about this lady named Esther. And we find when we come to the book of Esther, God's people are uh, really captive in a way to uh, the media Persia empire. And there's a king. His name is Ahasuerus. And uh, the people of Media Persia dislike the Jewish people, and God is going to raise up and use Esther to deliver and protect the nation of Israel, God's people, uh, from persecution and really from extinction under the uh, rule of Ahasuerus. When we come to the first chapter, we get an introduction, and I want to take some time to look at this uh, king, King Ahasuerus, and tonight's message is titled this, Foolish King Ahasuerus. Uh, foolish King Ahasuerus. And we're going to look together, Esther chapter number 1. I want to read you the story and then I'll bring the message. And we'll begin here in chapter number 1, verse number 1. And I'm going to go all the way to the fourth verse of chapter 2. Follow along and hear the story. And uh, if you've not read this in a while, your, uh, your memory will be jogged. And if you've never read it all, I think you'll see what's going on as we begin here. And we meet King Ahasuerus, and uh, we meet his wife, and we meet some counselors, and we see the beginning of the story of the book of Esther. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 1, Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus, uh, this is Ahasuerus, which reigned from India even unto Ethiopia, over 107 and 20 provinces, that in those days when the king Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan the palace, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and his servants, the power of Persia and Media, the nobles and princes of the provinces being before him. When he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even an hundred and fourscore days. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Shushan the palace both unto great and small, seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace, where were white, green, and blue hangings, fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rings and pillars of marble. The beds were of gold and silver upon a pavement of red and blue and white and black marble. And they gave them drink in vessels of gold, the vessels being diverse one from another, and royal wine in abundance, according to the state of the king. And the drinking was according to the law. None did compel, for so the king had appointed to all the officers of his house that they should do according to every man's pleasure. Also, Vashti, the queen, made a feast for the women in the royal house which belonged to King Ahasuerus. And when we come to through verse number 9, uh, we're, we're meeting King Ahasuerus, and King Ahasuerus is throwing some kind of party. Uh, for 180 days, there's been a consecutive and consistent partying uh, among his, in his kingdom, in his palace, and different folks are coming in and out, and they're partying. And he's showing off how wealthy he is. He's showing off how glorious his kingdom is. He's a showman full of pride. Including in all, included in all the partying was a lot of drinking, which leads to a lot of foolishness and we concluded in verse 9, we meet with Vashti, his queen. Vashti is throwing a party for the women at the same time. 
Bible says in verse number 10, On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mahuman, Biztha, Harbona, Bigtha, and Abagtha. If you're looking for baby names, I wouldn't recommend going there. Zethar and Carcass, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Hazuerus the king. To bring Vashti the queen, this is the king commands and wants to bring Vashti. Here's what he wants. He says, bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal to show the people and the princes her beauty, for she was fair to look on. But the queen, Vashti, refused to come at the king's commandment. But his chamberlains, therefore, was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Then the king said to the wise men, which knew the times, for so was the king's manner toward all that knew law and judgment. And the next unto him was Karshina, Shethar, Admetha, Tarshish, Meraz, Marcina, and Mamukam. The seven princes of Persia and Media, which saw the king's face and which sat the first in the kingdom. We meet all these people, these princes, and the Bible says here in verse 15, the king says to these men, What shall we do unto the queen, Vashti, according to the law? Because she hath not performed the commandment of the king Ahasuerus by the chamberlains. So when we come here now through verse number 15, here's what's happened. The king has said and called for Vashti. He wants Vashti to come before his drunken buddies and show off her beauty. Vashti does something that took both great courage and I think was very right. Vashti said no. So now, what does the king do? The king has all of his princes, a group of men who knew the times. He called them wise men. He looks at this group of men and he says, what should we do to Vashti? And that's where we pick up in verse number 16. One of the seven counselors, one of the seven princes speaks up. His name is Mamukin. The Bible says, Mamu can answer before the king and the princes, Vashti the queen hath not done wrong to the king only, but also to all the princes and all the people that are in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus. For this deed the queen shall come abroad unto all women, so that they shall despise their husbands in their eyes. When it shall be reported, the king Ahasuerus commanded Vashti the queen to be brought in before him, but she came not. Likewise shall the ladies of Persia and Media say this day unto all the king's princes which have heard of the deeds of the queen. Thus shall they arise too much contempt and wrath. If it please the king, let there go a royal commandment from him and let it be written among the laws of the Persians and the Medes that it be not altered, that Vashti come no more before king Ahasuerus and let the king give her royal estate unto another that is better than she. And when the king's decree, which he shall make, shall be published throughout all his empire, for it is great, all the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both to great and small. And the same pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Mamukin. For he sent letters into all the king's provinces, into every province according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language, that every man should bear rule in his own house, and that it should be published according to the language of every people. 
And what we just see here is this man, my muke, and he speaks up. You know what he's doing? He's telling the king what the king wants to hear. He's a yes man. And he tells the king, he says, I'll tell you one thing, king. Vashti, not obeying you, has done a great service, not a disservice not only to you, but she's done a disservice to the whole kingdom. And this, this guy, Mamukin, he must have been scared to death of his wife because he said, he said, I'm just going to tell you, every woman in our kingdom is going to hate and despise and disobey their husband from this point forward. He says, and you're going to do all the men a great service if you banish her from your presence and never see her again. And the king, because he's been angry, the king, because he's been embarrassed, the king, because he's a fool, says, you know what, I think that's a good idea. And they put it into law. When we turn the page to the next chapter, chapter number 2 and verse number 1, things have settled down just a little bit, and we watch King Ahasuerus begin to have a little introspection on the decisions he's just recently made. Here's what the Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter 2. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may... Gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the palace, to the house of the women, under the custody of Hegi, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things be for purification be given them. And let the maiden which pleads with the king be queen instead of Vashti. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. In verse number one, you see the king sitting there thinking, Man, I can't believe what I did to Vashti. Oh, have you ever been mad and did something when you had time to settle down and think about it for me? Like, man, I really messed up. And as the king is beginning to have this change of heart, one of his servants speak up and says, I tell you what we need to do. Forget about Vashti. Let's gather all the young virgins. We'll put them through a series of purification, and you can have your pick of them. And we'll let the one that you like the most be the king in Vashti's place. And old Ahasuerus' flesh began to boil up again inside of him. And he said, I think that's a good idea. Foolish king Ahasuerus. Now, I'll have you know something. As we study the book of Esther, we're going to find out that old Ahasuerus does silly things, foolish things all through this book. Ultimately, we're going to see God do a mighty work through Esther. The king of Hazard, he was a foolish king. We need to learn from this man. When we begin here, let's consider this, the first point, number one. Oh, what a party. Verses 1 through 8, oh, what a party. Let me tell you something. There was nobody could party like King Ahasuerus. He'd gotten to a place with his power that for 180 days, six months of his life, he had a party every day. Every person, every prominent person, all of his kingdom, they were coming in and out, rolling in and out. And every day, he is entertaining and he is whining and dining and living it up. Oh, what a party. 
As we entered, we're introduced to him in verses 1 and 2, we see all the kingdoms that he rules and all the people that he has rule over. And we see all the wealth that he has. But I want you to know something about Ahasuerus that we need to pay close attention to. He was a man of great power and he ruled over many people and many kingdoms and many lands and much money and many things. But he could not control himself. He had no rule over himself. Folks, that is the sign of a person's bankrupt. Now, it's a battle that we all face. I've heard men say, the, my worst enemy is the one I shave in the mornings. I quit that shaving stuff, but I understand the point. Poor king who has your heirs. You know, it's easy to look at people sometimes that have things and means and power and look at all them with envy. But I'll tell you, the richest people you ever know are folks who can control their spirit with the power of God. The richest people you know are the ones that have, are not ruled by their anger, but are ruled by the Spirit of God. The most wonderful people you ever meet are the people who are happy even if they don't have the praise of men and things around them. The happiest and the strongest and the mightiest of people are the people who find their satisfaction in the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Ahasuerus, oh, what a party. He was a man of amazing power, but had no power over himself. Verses 3 through 9, we see in verse 3, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all the princes and his servants, the power of Persia and Media, the nobles, the princes and provinces being before him. Verse 4, he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom. Why did he do this? The Bible says the purpose of all the partying was to show off. I don't know about you, but when I was a little boy, show-offs were never very impressive. And as an adult, show-offs still aren't very impressive. You see, if you have to flaunt yourself in order to get the praise of men, you probably don't have what you think you have. It's like somebody that's a leader. If somebody has to remind you that they're a leader, they're probably not much of a leader. If someone has to show you how much power they have, they probably don't have much power. Poor Ahasuerus, oh, what a party. It's party time. He showed his riches. He showed, he had to show people his honor and his excellence. Folks, he was a pitiful man. Because we're going to see the reality of this man unfold as we look at the book, this book of the Bible, and specifically this chapter. Because he was a fool. He was motivated by his ego. He was ruled by his fleshly desires. And he didn't have the courage to make a wise decision on his own. Oh, what a party. He showed his riches. He showed his honor. Verse number seven, 6. I want you to see this with me. I thought it was kind of interesting. Look at the detail the Bible gives us in telling us about the decorations of the party. I can't help but think that this is important to the Lord because we've got God's inspired word telling us all about it. Listen to this. It's exciting. At this party in the king's palace where were white, green, and blue hangings. If you can imagine things hanging from the ceilings or however they had it. Beautiful tapestries, white, green, blue hangings fastened with cords of fine linen and purple. Tied to silver rings and pillars of marble. 
The Bible says the beds were of gold. They're like benches. These beds are like benches. They were of gold and silver. Upon a pavement, they're sitting on the ground, and the pavement was made of red and blue and white and black marble. Can you imagine that? It's kind of cool to think about, isn't it? Red and blue and black marble. And they gave them drink in vessels of gold, the vessels being diverse one from another, and royal wine in abundance, according to the state of the king. Now, this is amazing. You could just close your eyes and see the setting for just a moment. And it's gorgeous. If you could imagine the most beautiful venue that you've ever seen in your life, this is what most people that were there on this day were experiencing. And I want you to know something. Oh, Ahasuerus, he had pulled out every stop. King Ahasuerus had decorated everything to the T. King Ahasuerus had done everything he could to impress the eye and impress the flesh. His own and all the people around him. A couple things. One, if you have to impress somebody with frills in order for them to be your friend, you probably don't need them to be your friend. All right, number one. Number two, don't be fooled by all the frills. Most of the time, frills are used to cover up rottenness. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with decorating. I'm thankful when my wife has things decorated nicely, and I'm thankful for a beautiful place to live, and I'm thankful for the way our auditorium is decorated. But I want you to know something. We don't ever want to cover up wickedness with the facade of beauty and wealth. Oh, what a party. Let me tell you something. As you heirs, he did terrible things. Don't be fooled by the decor. And then look at verse number 8. The Bible says, in the drinking. And the drinking was according to the law. What's that mean? Well, here's what that means. He said, he said now listen, we're going to let all the people in our par- at our party, we're going to let them drink what they want. But we're not going to force anybody to drink. But we're going to let them drink all they want, as much as they want, anytime they want. Let me tell you something. The drinking led to all the disaster that's going to take place in the rest of the verse. Look, the Bible says wine is a mocker. Wine is a mocker. What's that mean? That means alcohol will make you a fool. Strong drink is raging. It's sad. But Ahasuerus, here in just a moment, the fool that he is, he's going to be caught up with the excessive drinking and it's going to cause him great grief. The best option for all people is to avoid it altogether. Oh, what a party. Well, he made a mess, didn't he? Number two, let's consider, consider the foolish request of a drunk. Now, the Bible says in verse number 9, when Vashti had made a, made a, the queen had made a feast for the women, and in verse number 10, on the seventh uh, day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, what did he do? He commanded these folks to bring in his wife Vashti, wearing the crown and showing the people her beauty. The foolish request of a drunk king. He says, come on in, I want to show my wife off. 
What a shame. How pitiful. He makes a foolish decision. Mary with wine, the Bible says in verse number 10, says bring in Vashti, verse number 11. And verse number 12, I want to praise and give praise to Vashti because guess what she did? In verse number 12, but the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth and his anger burned in him. As I've thought and meditated and considered this woman Vashti, I'm thankful for her spirit. Do you know what? The penalty, even if you're the queen, could be for disobeying the king off with your head. But you know what I like about Vashti? When we look at Vashti, Vashti is the kind of person that she'd rather die than defy the principles of her life. I like that spirit. I like people who aren't going to be mean, but they're going to say no when they need to say no. Oh, it's sweet. Vashti says no. Vashti says no. And old king, what a terrible mistake he made. The Bible says in verse number 12, But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Look what we see next. We're going to see another one of King Ahasuerus' great problems. Anger. Anger. Boy, Ahasuerus, he's having a hard time. He's full of pride. He wants to show off. He's a drunk. And so when he gets drunk, he has no wisdom because that's what it happens to people who drink. And then now we see him, when Vashti won't do what he wants to do, he gets mad. Isn't that how it goes? Anger begins to boil up. And when he's angry, he makes some very bad decisions. We see the foolish request of a drunk. Number three, we see a not-so-wise wise men. Look at the Bible says, verse 13. The Bible says, Then the king said to the wise men, which knew the times. There's a parenthesis here. It says, For so was the king's manner. He consulted his wise men. That was his manner. Toward all that knew law and judgment. And next to him were these, these people. Karshina, Shethar, Adam. I thought you see their names right there. And then in verse 15, after they're named and described as princes of Persia, in verse 15, the king says to these men, What shall we do unto the queen Vashti? Here's what I'll draw your attention to. The not-so-wise wise men. Do you know what Ahasuerus does? Ahasuerus asks his counsel who he refers to as wise men. And he says, these are wise men which knew the times. Wise men <laughs> that knew the times. Now here in just a moment we're going to understand that their counsel is silly. Now if somebody's going to offer Ahasuerus some wise counsel, what's some wise things that we could have offered Ahasuerus counsel in? We could have said, hey man, you're drunk. Don't make any decisions right now. We could say, hey, man, you are mad and angry. You shouldn't make any decisions right now. But instead, this group of people who he's gathered around him are going to give him advice that is very foolish, but yet he refers to them as wise men. Why does he think they're wise? The Bible says he thinks they're wise because they knew the times. What's that mean? I'll tell you. They knew the times. They were up to date on the common culture and the moment in which they lived, they were the cool guys. They knew what was right. I was thinking about this. They knew the times. And I happen to think about old pictures. Now, who 
in old pictures looks the most ridiculous. Let's think about this for a minute. How many of you ever looked at an old picture and you looked at your old picture and you're like, oh man, I look ridiculous. I'll tell you who looks the most ridiculous in old pictures. It's the person who at that moment knew the times. The person at that moment who was the coolest, the most hip, the most rad, or whatever word you may have used during your generation. The people who look the most ridiculous in old pictures are the ones who knew the times. You know, those people are the ones who their hair is too big or too little or their pants are too long or too short or their shirts are too big or too small. They knew the times. Let me tell you something. If you go by the culture of the moment in order to make the decisions of your life, you are going to look like a fool when you look back later on the decisions that you made. And if you think somehow the latest and greatest, the most popular person on the television screen at this moment is the right person to get advice from, you're foolish. You see, the the rise and swell of culture does not give us wisdom. It gives us rise and swell. We've got to be careful. But Ahasuerus fell into a trap that so many people do. Why do you think it is that advertisers use the most hip celebrities of the moment in order to sell their products? Because us sinful, prideful, foolish people fall prey to what is the most impressive thing of the moment. We've got to be careful about that. And King Ahasuerus is going to make a decision that's going to ruin his life. Why? Because in his opinion, the wise men of the moment were the people who knew the times. Oh, the not-so-wise wise men make a terrible mistake. And look what the Bible says in verse 15. Now, we see and know for sure that these are not wise men because they respond to what King Ahasuerus has to say in verse number 15. King Ahasuerus says to his wise men, he says, What shall we do unto the queen? What's he say? He says, all right, boys, what should we do? If I were a wise man and the king says, what should we do to the queen for disobeying me? I'd say, we who? Do you got a mouse in your pocket? We nothing. You're on your own here, king. You're mad and drunk. I ain't going to mess with you. We. (laughs) But that's not what they did. That's not what they did. He comes up with a crazy idea. It comes with a crazy idea. I wish I had more time to talk about all the details, but they come up with a crazy idea that we're going to put away Vashti so that we, us men, we don't lose our credibility forever. Silly. By the way, I want you to know that the gospel and the message of the gospel has freed more women than anything. The gospel makes us all equal. The gospel is rich. And it's not sexist. It's not bigoted. The gospel makes us even. It's great. We have different roles that we play in our lives. And there's a very specific need for the genders. 
and they're right in God's eyes. This fool-hearted king fell for the not-so-wise wise men. I want you to look at this, the fourth thing, the last thing. The king misses his chance to make things right. I've thought so much about verse number 1 of chapter 2. Look at this. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased. Now, what happened? King Ahasuerus had time to cool off. How many of you have ever made decisions and then you had time to cool off and you look back at the decision you made when you was mad and you thought, oh, man, I made a big mess. Have you ever done that? I'll just be honest. I don't think that I've made very many wise decisions at all when I've been upset. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of wisdom to be able to wait to make a decision until the dust has settled, until the anger has passed. But it also takes a lot of courage and wisdom after you've made a big mess being mad to go back and make things right. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. What's he thinking? He's like, oh. And now that I'm thinking about it, it wasn't a very good idea for me to call her and ask her to show off her beauty before all my drunk buddies. So the longer I've thought about it, the more I see that she's probably right. And then here I am. I've declared that I'll never see her again, but I loved her. She was my wife. Oh, what a mess I've made. Then the king's servants come in, two, three, and four. In, chapter, in verses 2, 3, and 4, the king's servants come in. They say, hey, listen, king, don't be sad. Let us offer you something that will make you feel better. What do they come up with? They say, here's what we want to do. We want to bring all the fair virgins from all the country. And you can have as many as you want. And out of them all, we'll pick the best one. You can pick the very best one to be your queen. And the flesh of the king begins to boil and get hot again. And the next thing you know, he's like, hmm, sounds like a good idea. When I see that story, it breaks my heart. The king has a chance right here. He's beginning to get sober about the situation. He has a chance to go and say, hey, listen, I got the wrong counsel, and I got the wrong counselors. I had a good wife and a queen that's got some courage. But his servants, they were no servants at all. You know what his servant said? You know what you need to do, king? Instead of feeling bad about doing wrong, you need to do some more wrong so that you'll feel good again. Isn't that how we work? That's how our flesh works. Our flesh doesn't want to own up to the sin. Our flesh wants to take on more sin in order that we might forget the mess that we've already made. You know what God wants to do? He loves you. You're his child. He wants to convict you of the sin. He wants you to repent of the sin. He wants you to forsake the sin. He wants you to find pleasure and find joy in him and not in sinful behaviors that lead to destruction and death for you and other people. Let me tell you something. If you've got a so-called friend who encourages you to do more sin 
in order that you don't feel bad about the sin that's already been committed. That is not a friend. That's not wise counsel. That's not good advice. But I want you to know what happens to King Ahasuerus. He takes the bait, hook, line, and sinker. And for the rest of the book of Esther, we're going to watch this man continue to be used and abused and taken advantage of because of his dirty, rotten flesh. Now look, don't be like foolish king Ahasuerus. Don't do it. Have courage to do what's right. Make sure that you're getting counsel from the right places. And put your trust in the Lord. That's message number one. Here's message number two. You're excited. I'm sorry, five minutes late. I started five minutes early, so I'm sorry, five minutes late. Message number two. The book is about Esther. We can't forget that. There's so much to apply to our lives from Ahasuerus. But the story's about Esther, and I want to tell you something that's very sweet. All this mess that Ahasuerus and Vashti and Mamukin and these folks are dealing in, there's stuff we can learn from them, but here's what I want you to know about the main theme of the whole book. God is working behind the scenes to save his people. God is working behind the scenes to raise up Esther to be used of God in a mighty way. The second message is this. You can't see it right now. Esther, at this moment, can you imagine? Esther's just a, a young girl, minding her own business. She's got a great uncle named Mordecai. She's just doing the best she can, living the life she's going to live. And God, all the while, is putting all the pieces together to raise her up for such a time as this. And I want you to know something. God is working behind the scenes. You're here today and you're discouraged about everything that's going on in your life right now. You don't understand what in the world, why is God doing this, why is this happening. You don't understand why the leadership that we have in our society is the mess that it's in. I want you to know something. You can have faith in God and know that God is working behind the scenes. Don't be a Hazuerus. Determine to be the kind of Christian that's going to be prepared to be used of God when God calls you to his work it's good there's a lot to learn God's working behind the scenes aren't you glad don't be a foolish king or has your heirs and just remember God's working behind the scenes we can trust him we can trust him we'll just pray and be dismissed from here right now okay uh, we won't need a song let's pray